0: All right. How are we today? It is Palm Sunday. Do you know what that means? Well, we're going to find out. All right. Again, I want to reiterate, if you've not been baptized, man, get baptized. There is no better day of the year than Easter to get baptized. Um, some of you, if you're like, well, I was Catholic. I was when I was a kid. That's cool. Uh, it's a separate moment. When you say yes to the Lord yourself, uh, not somebody for you, but you say yes to the Lord yourself and you get baptized, it is a special holy moment. Um, So please, man, grab us, grab us after service, Uh, we'll get you in there, we will dunk you, we will have clothes available, you'll get a t-shirt, we have clothes to get dunked in if you need them, Um, and we'll have towels, Uh, so please, or if You're like, well, I did, walked away from the Lord for a season, I want to renew this moment, come and grab us and say, man, I I really want to rededicate my life to the Lord, I want to get baptized, come and see us. We've got several right now, Uh, we're happy to have more, it's going to be great. So, Palm Sunday. I'm going to go back to Mardi Gras. Like, you're like, what? <laughs> Not as a party. All right, so a month, a little over a month ago, a few of us went, uh, Thrive sent out its first mini-mission strip. A few of us went to Mardi Gras. Yeah. Anybody here interested in going with us next year in the streets of Mardi Gras? I wouldn't sing. My wife is. All right, nobody else? Great. You're all fine. Well, there's, there's some things we need to talk about. But, um... Uh, And that's a powerful time, and I'll tell you, like, worshiping on the streets of Mardi Gras that Monday together is so, so awesome. God's presence is just powerful. But one night, um, we we were supposed to go into one restaurant, and then that got blocked off, and so we go to another restaurant um, called, I think it was the Gumbo Shop, and it was one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. Top ten for sure. And if you can't tell... Had a couple meals. So we have this meal and we have this waiter who comes in. And I know I told some of you this, but I'm telling you again, we have this waiter who comes in and he's like, Oh, that's pretty good. but let me tell you, it gets better though. And then he kept just doing it, like, Oh, you like that? You like the sound of that? Well, it gets better though. And then he'd be like, Well, you're gonna put this on it, put that. Oh, you like does this sound good to you? Well, it gets better though. And he was not only was he cracking us up, he he it worked. Like it was like that does sound pretty good. That does sound better. That sounds well, I was thinking about getting just the fish, and he's like, oh, you don't get just fish. It gets better, though. And he would just tell us, and, and man, he sold us. He so we were like, yes, let's do it. Let's get that and let's let's get this. And I I got I got I think it was uh help me out if I don't remember correctly, but I think it was stuffed red fish with a uh It wasn't a crab cake, though. It was uh, another type of fish cake with like a remoulade sauce on top. And like, best Cajun food I've ever had in my life. I've had a lot. I like Cajun food. And it was the best. It was unbelievable. And he was so funny. But as we're sitting there, like something's like, it feels more than a guy who's upselling me. (laughs) It feels more like... We don't have these T-shirts right now because Brian had really good fish one night. Like nobody makes T-shirts based on fish, okay? Unless you're like really into fishing, and I'm not. So how does that happen? What? What was? I think there was something in that moment, and it resonates. Like in my spirit, I'm like, it does. That's the life in Christ. It gets better though. It always gets better. Life in Jesus always gets better. Now, some of you don't know what you're going to say. No, it doesn't, because I've gone through this. Hang in there. Hold on. Because you're going to realize you serve Jesus long enough, and you hang in there long enough. It always gets better. Anybody here on a second marriage, and God redeemed it, is better than your first? Anybody? You better raise your hands. Right? Yeah? Okay? So I would hope so, Right? Anybody here is like, I oh, the first was better? No, don't say that. You're not gonna, it's not gonna go well. All right, anybody served Jesus for a while, and when you hung, on, hung in there, then you're like, I watched what God did and he turned it around. It took a while, but man, did it happen. Or, or anybody ever seen where God didn't heal something? and yet he used the thing that he didn't heal. Anybody seen that? That the healing came through the walking it out? Because in Jesus, it always gets better. There's always hope. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. There's always resurrection. See, it stands to reason, right? If God is good, right? What's that old church saying, right? God is good? And all the time? Right? If God is good, right? Is God eternal? Then God is eternally good. And it stands to reason that His goodness is always on the way. His goodness not only doesn't end, it just can't stop coming. Because He's always good. Do you believe that? Do you believe God's goodness is in front of you and ahead of you and not behind you? We sometimes deceive ourselves into thinking, well, my best days are behind me. Like, I remember even thinking in high school, if these are the best years of my life, kill me now. (laughs) Anybody here in high school hope these better not yet be the best years of my life? You guys ever feel that way? They're not. And if they are, you did something terribly wrong. (laughs) Okay, now you do get in your 40s and you're like, I miss the way I felt in my 20s. Now, we all feel that way, all right? That's just aging. But those weren't my best days. Because my best days are watching my kids become people of God, of watching God move further in my life, of understanding things more, of God moving more and more. It gets better, though. I've heard the stories about being grandparents and how awesome it is. And how amazing it is to watch God move in generations down from you. I don't know that yet. I don't want to know that yet. It creeps me out, okay? Within a few years, maybe, you know, Colin gets married, has some kids, a couple, two, three, five, ten years, whatever, all right? M- right now, my daughters, who are, you know, five and ten, last few years, they do this thing with their dolls. They're like, you're grandma and grandpa. And every time, I'm like, no, I am not. <laughs> I love you. I am not your grandma or your grandpa. You can play a lot of games. That's one I'm not playing with you, <laughs> all right? It's creepy, it's weird, and I can't feel that old yet. So, but it always is getting better. It's always in front of us. I'm serious. I don't know if I'm getting through this message without busting out, like exploding. God dropped this in me. I was literally writing it like, God, this has to be as awesome as you're giving it to me. But not only that, next week's Easter. Like, I need something better. Like, it can't be. It can't be that good this week, right? It has to be like that was good, Pastor. And next week's got to be like that was amazing. But that, that's 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 the rule. It's it's in Ministry One Hundred and One. Okay. So, but as I'm seeing this, as I'm reading this, and it's just exploding out to me, the idea that life in Christ is like obsessed and and consumed with hope, and this this is one of the moments it begins, Easter. This is the moment it begins, but Easter week happens, so this is the beginning of of what the Catholic Church calls Passion Week, okay, but but what it really is is the last week of Jesus' ministry on earth before his death. Right? We have service here Friday night, 7 p.m. Good Friday service. Here's something cool. We get to leave it up through Sunday morning. Yeah. It gets better, though. All right. So I'm going to do a thing. We're going to be on this series for a few weeks. I want to be able to say it gets, and you say better, though. All right? So when I say it, you got to back me up. So you can't sleep this morning. All right, if you do, I will find you. All right, so it gets? All right, thank you, very good. If you haven't bought a t-shirt, why not? Are you going to hell? Well, Then you should buy a shirt, okay? So, no, you're not going to hell if you don't buy a shirt, but if you're not going to hell, you should buy a shirt. All right, so, so this week, okay, here's what happens. They celebrate Jesus coming into the city to celebrate Passover, and he gets a donkey, And they have these palm branches, and it represents like royalty, like putting it out before him so he doesn't even have to tread, the animal doesn't even have to tread on the road. And here's what it says, if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 12, starting at verse 12, the next day the news went, Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. Now, quick side note right here. Kings would not come in on a donkey. A donkey is an animal for labor. You could ride on it, but that's not what we did. And what's so cool, if you go back to the story of Joseph and Mary, what did Mary do when she needed? Rode possibly on a donkey. So from his entrance to his exit, he comes in on an animal that serves. Because God comes to serve us. He comes in humility. He doesn't come riding on a white horse. Now it gets... Well, he's got to stay with me. It gets better. <laughs> in Revelation, he's not coming on a donkey. When he comes back, he's coming on a war horse. But in this moment, he's riding on a donkey. He's fulfilling prophecy. He's telling them I'm a servant. Okay, keep going. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was the fulfillment of prophecy. But many, after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what happened. And realize these things have been written about him. All right. Verse 17, though, we're going to get into just a second. They're singing Hosanna, which is this word, we sang it this morning shout Hosanna, Jesus he saves. Now, that's kind of a twofold word it's saying, This is our Savior, He's the one, He's going to save us. They're kind of flying in the face of Romans right now, being like, this is the guy who's going to deliver us from the Romans. See, they're under Roman occupation. Rome runs Jerusalem. It's conquered it. And they can only worship God to the extent that Romans let them. And so they're thinking, this is our king. He's going to grab a sword. He's going to raise up the army. We're going to, we're, we're going to kill us some Romans. <laughs> it's going to be blood in the streets. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah. And some of you are like, this is disturbing, Pastor Brian. That's what they were thinking. Now, that's not what Jesus came to do. Because it gets, he didn't come to save the nation, he came to save the world. Which is hard to see in that moment. So, it's a cry that this is our Savior. But it's also at the same time a prayer, would you save us? They don't even fully know, God, would you do this? Sometimes when we sing in worship, that's actually a moment where you can pray. There's a whole movement called IHOP, not the pancake place, all right? There's a place in Kansas City, IHOP, International House of Prayer, and they started 24 7 prayer. Some people are like, but it's just worship. That's how they prayed. They just use music to pray. Sometimes when you worship, you are praying to the Lord. Darrell Evans once said, Paul Belos told him, sing your prayers and pray your songs. When you read the Psalms, pray them. You don't just have to read them, apply them. Apply the promises of God to yourself. And so they're praying as they're crying out, would you save us? But why are they doing that? Here's why. Verse 17. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb was with him from the dead uh, and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people heard because they'd performed the signs. Because he'd performed the sign went out to meet him. So if you have your Bibles, go to 11. Verse 38. Jesus' friend, Lazarus. So he is this... These family friends, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, they're a family, brother, two sisters. And he stays with them sometimes when he's ministering through that town. He knows them. And then at one point he's ministering and they reach out to him like, hey, hey, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. You got to come. You got to come, Lazarus. You got to come and see him, help him. You, if you pray for him, he's going to be healed. Jesus doesn't go. He doesn't show up. He's like, no, I'm going to keep doing my thing here. Now at this point, the board should have called Jesus and said, you know, pastor, you really need to get home. One of your your close people is not doing well. And the pastor didn't listen. So at this point, he should be reprimanded, right? And Martha takes that into her own hands, and she does that when Jesus shows up, saying, He would have lived if you'd been here. 11.38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor, for he's been there four days. Poor Martha. She's like the Peter of the women. She just, she just can't shut up at all the wrong times. Some people know just what that's like, right? Some, some of you have been, never thrived, but in another church, you're like, you know that deacon's wife who just wouldn't ever, just always saying the things, right, posting the things, prayer requests? That's Martha. She means well, but she's kind of stupid. And, and, and she's like, he stinks. So, so he won't come. She yells at him, why didn't you come? He'd be alive. Oh, roll away the st- stone. Oh, do you know how bad that's going to smell? I am offended. She is the Karen of the Bible, Okay. <laughs> It is not going well for her. If your name is Karen, relax. We, don't, we love you. I am sorry you're going through what you're going through right now. But I'm named Brian, which means white guy in Latin. Okay? So, um, so here's what happens. Verse 40, Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you, you've heard me. I know you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. Quick side note, this is the only time in history where it's okay to say, Lord, I'm praying this prayer so that this guy over here, here's what I'm about to pray. Don't ever do that. Jesus can do it. We can't, all right? But this was the moment where Jesus gets away with it, right? And And then he says, verse 43, when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face, and Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus raises his friends from the dead, his friend. Verse 38, though, I want to start there. What's it say? He was moved deeply. You know what he could have been? He could have been like, Martha, shut up. I am not the manager, and you cannot talk to me this way. doesn't do that. He doesn't say, well, I guess that's it for Lazarus. He doesn't turn in on himself. The Savior looks, and he is moved. He is moved for his friends that has. For his friend that has died, he is moved for his friends that are grieving the one who has died. He is moved for himself because he is feeling the pain of death. Some of you know that pain. You know it too well. Some of you have had immense loss in life. Some of you are in a season of life where you you know as many people dying as you have friends right now. What do you do in that moment? You hear the word of the Lord. Verse 38, Jesus is moved for you. His heart is moving towards you. Jesus walks into the city and they are celebrating him. And they think he's the savior because of what just happened with Lazarus. They watched or they heard. They were like on his radio TikTok. Like, this is amazing. Look at this. Did you see this video? This is unbelievable. It was posted in Jerusalem stories. What's going on? Look what happened. This guy, Lazarus. I can't believe it. He's raised. He was dead. There's a crowd. They saw it. But Jesus doesn't do it to show off. He does it because he's moved for them. Jesus is doing what Jesus does because of who Jesus loves, which is you, which is me. Jesus has moved towards you. His heart burns for you. He aches for you. He longs for you. We get so caught up in our suffering, we're like, but God, this, this happened and this happened and this happened, but we forget that it gets. You see, it crossed the line. Lazarus didn't just get sick and get to the end. He crossed over. And we think, well, that's it. He lost. Lazarus lost his battle. <laughs> but it gets better, though. Jesus shows up. And they think, well, it's done. We lost. Jesus is like, no. I don't lose to death either. He doesn't just not lose to disease. He doesn't lose to death Everybody's like, oh, they lost their battle to cancer. Were they a believer? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're in heaven now. They didn't lose. If you are with them right now, I guarantee they're not like, Phew, man, did I lose. It's like being in a marathon and like being in the room after being like, oh, I just lost the race. No. They are winning. It is, the, it is the most winning you could ever win in this moment. That's where they are right there. Jesus has moved towards you. He has moved for you. It gets better, though, because he moves towards us. And he does it when it's his time, his way. And that way is so much better than ours. I wonder if we could interview Mary and Martha later on and be like, so, do you think it would have been better had he showed up before Lazarus died? I think they'd be like, well, look, I, uh, I can't say I was happy to see my brother die or wanted to go through that, but I also cannot tell you what it was like to watch him walk out of that grave. And that's... We constantly think on human terms with God. And God is not limited to humanity. It gets better though. Verse 39 to 41, what's he say to him? Let's read it again Take away the stone. Lord, he stinks. Did I not tell you, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus is always rolling stones. He doesn't once in his ministry, he does it more than once. Jesus moves stones all the time. That's what he does. When and how he wants. Some of us are like, why aren't you moving my stone now? I love you. You sound a little like Martha. If you just would have come sooner, she's like, I don't have to come sooner. Well, he's dead now. So? <laughs> like, that's Jesus' response. Why? Because it gets Because <laughs> Jesus is going to step in. Death isn't going to stop him. Stones aren't going to stop him. Because he's Jesus, and nothing can stop him. Next week, we're going to see it a little more, and it's the best stone he rolls away. But the character of Jesus, it may not be our character, it may not be the circumstances of our life, but the character of Jesus is one that's victorious. Jesus doesn't lose, even when we're convinced we've lost. See, right now we're freaking out about America. How America's going, maybe, I don't know. Mario Morillo said something good. America, um, the, church will survive, uh, the church will survive without America, but America won't survive without the church. I agree with that. But even if the church fades, we struggle, Jesus ain't going anywhere. And neither is his bride. But some of you, are you're just at an impassable wall. It just keeps coming, Pastor Brian. The, the, the stuff just keeps coming. It just keeps hitting. What am I going to do? And man, I just want you to tell you, I, 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 I get it. I could list all the things. There have been a lot of seasons of my life, it's like, God, when does it stop coming? When? And we forget that it gets better, though. We need to remember, if it gets in God's way, he will move it. If it's in his way, it won't stay there. That's the way it's going to be. My only cool sports story in life... It's from high school gym class. And we were playing softball in our gym unit of whatever. And, and I was out there. And we are playing softball and, uh, for our gym class that week. And uh, I was on base. And I was on second, I think. And one of the guys hit it, hit it far. And uh, a buddy of mine was playing catcher. And so I took off, and I hit third, and then I rounded. And as as I rounded third, the catcher catches the ball. And he looks at me and he's like, ha ha, as I'm running towards him. And then I was just like, you know what? Here we go. (laughs) Because he may be tall, but I am the stone that can be rolled. right? And I just started barreling with everything I had at him. And I watched his face. His face was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I just came at him and blam, plowed him, and he dropped the ball. And I scored. I don't know if we won that day. It's high school softball. Who cares? Right? I know I scored. He was bleeding just a little bit, but he was Okay. And it is that moment like, but man, our Savior will plow through anything that seems like it's over. Because it gets better, though. With Jesus, he's not done. If you're like, but they're dead. Jesus can raise them. It's over. The clock ran out. Jesus can turn back the clock. Jesus can give me a brand new clock. He sets the clock. He's outside of time and space. He's not inside it. He's not bound by the clock. He's not bound by disease. He's not bound by the report. He's not bound by what the doctor said. He's not bound by what the bank says. He's not bound. And I'm not talking about a a, a prosperity gospel that says everybody gets a home in Tahiti and, and, and infinite wealth. But you know what? God does bless some people. I have friends who are millionaires and God made them that way. They would tell you that story. Some people are great that way. But whatever it is, my God is never done. If you think one day I'll be in glory, like we're all going to be fat babies worshiping the Lord someday in, the, you know, in heaven. Like, no, it ain't going to be done. God's work is never done. His glory can never be finished. His goodness can never be stopped. We get hopeless when we stop looking at the source of hope. And what God can do, Elijah was brought into. Well, it wasn't Elijah. It was a, Was it Ezekiel? Valley of Dry Bones. Yeah. No, I don't remember now. <laughs> He's brought into the Valley of Dry Bones, and Jesus is like, "Can these can these bones live?" You know, Ezekiel isn't audacious enough to say to God, "No." You know, he's just like, uh, but he's also not filled with enough faith to be like, absolutely, Lord, you can do it. He's like, well, they're bones, so you know, oh, Lord. There's this great spiritual answer, like, Only thouest knowest, oh, Lord, <laughs> right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover up my lack of faith with saying, I'm a, you know, I kind of believe, but uh, this might be kind of gross, you know. And the Lord raises up an army out of the desert. God can do anything anywhere at any time. He's never done. It gets Verse 40 to 44: "If you believe you would see God's glory, death almost robbed them of getting to see death being robbed. there was a small season of my life where I was really good at basketball. You're like, I don't believe it. I, I don't either. It feels like a distant memory, <laughs> but there was. There was a window of time where I was really good at basketball. Colin was also in diapers, so that's when it was. All right? So, and, and we would play every Friday night. I would play like four or five days a week. That's how much I was playing. And every Friday night, we would have youth just packed in a building. We'd play these pickup games all night long. And, and and here and there uh here and there I could see there was one of our guys though, and he was our our he became the youth pastor there mike michael played for uh university uh of wisconsin milwaukee basketball, and so he was really, really good, same height as me, maybe maybe half an inch taller, but he could he could maneuver but but the biggest thing like he could steal he could always just get the ball from like if if he was on you I always tried it wasn't fair but I always tried to make sure we were on the same team against you so you know too which is wildly unfair but it was fun and uh and uh but if it was me versus him like if almost every time he's getting that ball from me cuz he could just steal like crazy Jesus can take Life out of death's hands so easily mm. is nothing for him. Mm. It's him versus the little kid in youth group. It is nothing. <laughs> and if he doesn't, he knows what he's doing. And it'll get better though. I don't mean it's better in that moment. We grieve when we grieve. I'm not saying don't ever grieve, but it will get better. I'll say this once, I'm going to move on quick, but David said in the Bible, and I remember making it my prayer when our son Seth passed away, God, get me to that place someday. And it took years, years, not a day, not a week, not a year, but God got me to the place where we could say he won't return to us. Well, we will go to him. I will see him again, where the hope is bigger than the morning. They were almost robbed because they didn't see it. Why couldn't they see it? For the same thing that happened to Lazarus as he's walking out of the grave. He is wrapped up. He's got these grave clothes, like, all around him. His eyes are bound, right? Notice, it doesn't even say he's alive when he gets out. He can't see. He can't speak. He's not there. And it says take him off of him. Take these things off of him. Stop seeing life through the eyes of the grave. And start seeing it gets. Start looking at our triumphant king. And what he can do. He's never done. If you are facing great opposition, then you are facing the greatest opportunity for God to show off. If you're facing a lot of perseverance right now, then you are a testimony of how God uses people in the worst times. Right? We talked about it a few weeks ago. Becoming uncommon. It gets better. Our faith sinks when the sand seems to be sinking. And yet those are the moments and the opportunities where God might just be about to bust wide open. I remember being in some counseling years ago and and struggling with just this anxiety, and what if this, and what if that? Panic attacks, feeling like I'm dying, I'm gonna die, blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing, you know what happened? You know what happened? I remember just the counselor finally like, and what's the worst that's gonna happen? Well, I could die, and she's like, yeah? And then what? Well, then I'm with Jesus and I'm in heaven. Is that bad? Well, my family, is God not over your family? Does He not mold? Does He not care for them more than you? It gets better. Oh, there's so much goodness in front of us. God can do so much. What if we became a people that said, "I believe God can do anything, not little things, things I could never do. Things I'm just not capable of. Matter of fact, there's an awesome story that that happened in the last few weeks. Robert, would you come up here, please? Robert sent me a video the other week, and I was like, Robert, you got to share this to church. And he's like, no. <laughs> And I'm like, well, how about you just make me another video? And he's like, I'll share it. So first, give him your full attention, because this is probably not the easiest thing in the world for him to do. Robert, I want to
1: hear what God did in your life. Go. All right. So this whole thing started probably about a year ago. I started having like these knife stabbing pains in my stomach and chest, and Naturally, I waited a year to go to the doctor because I'm a guy and that's what we do Um, So long story short, I have an ultrasound done They say uh, my gallbladder is completely full of stones. It looks like a bag of marbles completely filled all the way up has to come out So make the appointment Of course, it takes two months to have an operation done So while I'm waiting uh, word started getting around church. Uh, the men's group in particular was doing a lot of praying for me and almost immediately the pain went away. and, um, and then uh, Jesse or Jesse go? Behind? <laughs> Jesse gets a hold of me and uh, he prays on me and afterwards he says, You can cancel the appointment, go have another ultrasound done if you want, but the stones are gone. And, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) And because I'm human, it's not that I don't believe it, but I went through with the operation anyway. Because in my mind, I figure, well, God will keep me comfortable until then. But that's why he created doctors. The doctor will take care of it. So, I have the operation, gallbladder's taken out, um, I think it was probably two weeks ago now, I go back for the follow-up visit, and I'm in the doctor's office, the doctor comes in, and she's looking through the paperwork, and she has this puzzled look on her face, and she's like, oh, this can't be right. I'm like, what? What do you mean this can't be right? What's going on here? sound <laughs> what you want to hear from right, the doctor. Right, right. <laughs> She's like, well, the ultrasound is here showing this thing's full of stones. But when they took your gallbladder to the lab and opened it, there were no stones. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, the only thing they found, there are two little teeny tiny things in there. She's like, even kids could have those. Those are not going to cause any pain. So she's like, this is not possible. They don't just disappear. I'm like, well, I think I know what happened to them. You know? <laughs> I mean, so basically I learned from that, that, you know, if if you're praying on somebody, have confidence that it's done, that God has it, he's got it. And if someone's, you know, someone's praying on you, it goes both ways. Have confidence either way that it's done because it's finished, he's got it.
0: So what I think is so cool. You can say, oh, we had the surgery, so I guess it didn't work, or even if it did. <laughs> the Lord's like, nah, I'll still show off. <laughs> Lazarus is already in the tomb. It's over. Nah, it's not. Well, I've already done all these things, Pastor Brian. It gets better, though. God is not finished. And neither are you. Do you believe that today? How many people are here breathing? <laughs> so God's not done. It's just sorry. You're stuck with hope. You're stuck with the fact that it gets better, though. It's about to get a whole lot better. God's best is not behind you. It's in front of you. Your best days are ahead of you. You know how I know that? Because if you follow Jesus, that's always true. I'm not saying your easiest days. I didn't say that. I didn't say it gets easier, though. (laughs) I said it gets better. Oh